Hi, my name is Chris Little, and I am the host of The Lifestyle Chase. In 2018, I started this show to have meaningful conversations. I've interviewed over a hundred different people, both in and out of the fitness industry. This podcast is something I'm incredibly proud of. Welcome to season four. Thanks for joining me. All right, so welcome back to the Lifestyle Chase. It has been probably a month since I've recorded an episode. Life has been busy. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I was nice and focused on the direction I wanted to take the show because I find that being a podcast host requires a lot of pivots and kind of like revisiting the drawing board. Over the past few episodes, you may have noticed that I did segments of the episode and I split it up into four. For this episode, we're just going to go with the full length episode, but you may be wondering who is my guest today? Well, today's episode is unique because it's a client series. So I'm bringing on past clients of the show or past clients of my training career to the show. So today's guest is Erica Anderson. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I mean, I'm pumped to have you on the show because I think it's cool because I think people don't realize the stories that their clients have and the stories of my clients. I'm very proud of anybody that works with me. Um, and your story in particular, I'll kind of like set you up to give your your sort of like elevator pitch. But essentially, from what I know of you, when I used to be a spin instructor, you came to my spin classes. Then I started as a trainer at L2 and you came and trained with me at L2. Then I went to Raising the Bar Training and Performance. You came and trained there. Then I went to Evolve. You came and trained there. Um, and you are currently a remote client of mine, which is super cool to kind of see you continue on my career journey. Um, but I want the audience to get to know you better. So like how, let's say you're at like a barbecue. How do you introduce yourself at a barbecue? I introduce myself as the fun, charismatic person. I am very much a people person. I've always worked in customer service. And I think it's really important to just get to know people and have a different view on life. And I am definitely the girly out of everything. I love makeup. I work in makeup. I love fashion. So I'm to a T what you would classify as a girly girl. That's like such a unique origin or like intro, I guess, to so many of the other other guests in the best way, because people aren't going to see the personality side of a person because they're so used to hearing like, uh, let's say the title that the person has for work. Like you mentioned that you're like a makeup artist, but there's so much more to what you do and past jobs that you've had and passions that you have and schooling that you're going for. So we'll unpack that as we go. But the first thing that I wanted to like talk about was when you first started thinking that you wanted to start your fitness journey. What, what did that look like for you? Um, what were the first steps that you took and what motivated you, I guess? I feel like I have a really, like a really 
broad perspective on fitness because I grew up as a a millennial in the era of fad diets of everybody thin was everything. And I definitely had that mindset going into training. It wasn't to be strong. It wasn't to feel good. It was, I had a goal of weight loss. That was it. And it really showed me as I kept going through it, what it was all about, that weight loss wasn't the end goal. And I had been talking to friends about training and I had a lot of coworkers who went to True Ride where you were um, a spin instructor. And so it was really just word of mouth of like, you know, you should try it. We love it. It like gets our heart rate up. We feel good after. And I felt like it was the way that I was going to reach my end goal. And now my end goal is very different than it was before. So as you kind of started to dip your toes into fitness, like what were the first things in your life that you started to notice change? Like I know my own story and like how fitness sort of helped me through the ebbs and flows of life, but let's hear the the perspective of you. Like you start going a true ride. How did life start to change for you? I felt a lot more positive. I'm already a very optimistic person, but when you feel like you're in a rut in your own life, going out and getting to the gym, you get to release everything. You feel like a brand new person after. And I feel like it gave me the chance to really experience that and come back and be able to have my day and really focus on what I needed to focus on. I like that. So when it comes to thinking about what you're focusing on, like what has been the primary focus, like let's say career wise for you, like, And we can start off by what was your primary career-wise focus at that point, like 2017, 2018 kind of thing. Yeah, my main goal was I was working as a retail manager and business was everything. I I was focused on numbers a lot and trying new things at work and I was very just business focused and I found that it was really overwhelming because I was young. I had never worked in that before and fitness just helped me clear everything up so I could plan out what I wanted to do and focus on what needed to happen in that moment instead of thinking too far ahead of what our business goals were. I like that. Well, I mean, just like pinpointing how you were able to clear your head and kind of clean the slate, but something that, uh, I often ask people, usually I have them go into the time machine. I'm like, okay, what was life like when you were in like grade 10? For you, I'm going to say what was life like for you when you were in grade eight? I don't know why I chose that. I'm just thinking it might have been like a time when you may have faced adversity. Maybe it was a time when you're in your prime. Maybe it was a time when there was somebody really uh, inspirational in your life. But like, uh, tell me more about grade eight life for you. It's funny that you mentioned grade eight because... Grade eight was the peak year. It was, everybody was getting along school, like things were just happening with friends. And it's the year of junior high that really sticks out because I had a really good friend group. We all hung out all the time and classes were really enjoyable. And at the time, even though I didn't feel as comfortable as I could have, I still, I hadn't realized that maybe I didn't feel uncomfortable. Life was just, it was bliss. It was unaware childhood bliss. (laughs) Well, 
You bring up the not knowing that you didn't feel uncomfortable. And I think there's something that we can pull from that. And as a person gets older, they get more in tune with realizing, you know, like this whole feeling of discomfort, we just kind of make that up. Like there, there is no reason to feel um, distraught because you're not just like someone else. And it's not to say that you can't have high standards for yourself because everybody should be able to shoot for the stars kind of thing. But anatomically, everybody is different personality. Everybody's different. And so we can truly only focus on like the best version of ourselves. Um, when you were that age, what did you envision for yourself career wise? Did you have like an, I want to be blank when I grow up? I did. I was very focused on being a veterinarian, which now looking back and what I do as work now being in retail and makeup, it's the complete opposite. Um, but at the time it was very much sciences brain. We're going to do this. What was it about being a veterinarian that like drew you in? Like what characteristics of that role made you think this is it? This is the show. I will not only love animals, but I like weird things and being able to be in the medical field without working on people, which I think is amazing for the people who are doctors, but I could never work on live people. But you get to work in an ever-changing environment. You never have the same day twice. And you get to help people who, well, animals who don't have a voice. They don't know, they can't tell you what's going on. And it just felt helpful and like I could really make a difference as cheesy as it sounds. (laughs) Well, the thing that I get from that, because I always find it interesting learning about other people and like how their sort of path evolves, but the consistencies that pop up. So you brought up compassion, you brought up wanting to be able to care about other people, other things. And I think that shows up in your value system. Um, which has worked well with like basically a lot of my clients share my value system because it makes it way easier to communicate. We're on the same page. Um, I can get much more direct feedback and communication skills are like top notch. And by my being able to communicate with clients, I I get to be able to help them more. It's kind of like, well, I mean, you you speak two different languages. You're bilingual. You speak fluent French, do you not? I do, yes. So in being able to do that, having that skill allows you to see eye to eye with many, many more people. And it's mm-hmm. that would be basically the difference maker in a trainer who can communicate versus a trainer who doesn't place communication or values as a priority. You actually you're able to get further, you're able to help that person see more in themselves. Um, And I think that that's basically my side tangent that I went off on because the the next piece here is we've addressed that you are compassionate towards other beings, be that animals or people. You just don't want to cut people open. You don't want to have that liability of like, what happens if this person dies? Yes. But the, the compassion shows up very clearly. Um, what was the moment where you kind of started leaning towards like, uh, working in like a a business environment or working in a retail space? 
I, when I graduated, I had a very different idea of what I wanted. I was very much into working in film and working on makeup sets. The Walking Dead was the, isn't its prime. It was perfect. And I loved being able to have my own hours, even though you work really long hours on set, you could pick a project or not. And so I went to makeup school and then I tried to get a job after, and it ended up just being retail at Mac and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed being able to put makeup on people and my coworkers were really great. And it just kind of evolved into growth within the company. And by the time I reached assistant manager, I felt like being in control of it was where I wanted to be and where I saw myself. And so I really tried hard for that manager position. And I was like, this is what I want. I want to be able to grow and to see what I'm capable of because I had never worked in business before. And I'd never envisioned that for myself prior. There is a lot to take away from that. So I'll kind of explain why. And part of this, I'm going to give some correlation. The reasons that I ask a lot of the questions that I ask or like dig into the topics that I dig into is a lot of it reflects on some of my own characteristics. Like for myself, um, I figured that I was going to go to film school probably from the age of like 16 to 18. I went to Vancouver with my brother. We toured the school. Uh, we did, I got to do a weekend intensive that I had to like apply for with a bunch of video samples. And I figured that was going to be the show. And so sort of the reason that I wanted to do that was in being able to, uh, make other people the hero of the story. So like the Avengers movies, I love movies like that because you get to see where someone else is uh, showing up as the best version of themselves and you're able to uh, create a cinematic version of that. So then you're sharing your story about first your lens on fitness and how you at first thought it was just about like kind of matching up with the standard that society kind of puts on things like the world has changed a lot in the years where the mannequins look different, magazines look different, but in, in years of past, uh, people would be in an unsustainable caloric deficit in order to be ready for the photo shoot. And so like, even, even if a person was being realistic, they wouldn't look the same as they would for the photo shoot. And, what you kind of outlined was not only your compassion for other people, but also like your passion for helping people highlight who they are just period, just as a character, as a person, as like a presence in a storyline. And I think that's cool because it like there's consistencies there and it just sort of goes to show that people become like the reflection of who they seek out or who they are kind of thing. So for myself, when I am training people, I tend to have a lot of like business owners as my clients, because for myself, I'm very entrepreneurial. And with that mindset, I just end up paired up with business owners. And then I get the people that work really hard and they need to shut off their brain because they have too many numbers in their head, they have too much stress in their head, and they need to use fitness for their mental health. Um, to, to loop this back in, as you ascended through the retail aspect of makeup and everything like that, 
what was the reflection that you had as you started to move closer to pursuing school in another frontier? I had the realization that my stress levels and how I felt, there was no way I would be able to do that for 20 years. And I felt like even though I had dipped my toe in and had tried, I was not cut out for that type of environment. And it was just the reminder that there are other things out there. You don't have to corner yourself into thinking you can only do one thing. And I'm still really young and I was even younger at the time. And you can do anything and change your career at any point. And I had a lot of people in my corner telling me that if this isn't what you want, go for something else. And when I applied to go to school, I felt a new sense of pride and a new sense of where I was going and stress levels completely gone. Although I have new stress, I feel like it's a lot more manageable now. So what are you doing in school now? Because so far people know that you have been a makeup artist. You went to school for that. Uh, you went and worked for Mac. Um, so let's catch up the audience up to speed here. I originally thought I wanted to work in law enforcement. So I went for a bachelor in sociology and then I took a law class and fell in love with it after years of telling myself that I was never going to be a lawyer because the stress levels are just so high. And now I'm in paralegal studies as kind of a step in towards if law is actually what I want. And I'm finishing up my first year and I absolutely love it. It's it's intriguing because every day is different and you are still helping people in what is probably the most stressful time of their life. Nobody likes to get sued. Um, so I feel like it's a perfect fit of feeling like I can help people and I'm still doing something that I think is interesting. Definitely. Um, so how long does that program go for? I don't think I've ever talked to somebody that's doing paralegal studies before. It's a two year program. And it's really intensive, kind of like an overview of all the different areas of law. And you get just like a deep dive in how the world really works when it comes to that kind of stuff. Because you don't hear about it every day. People don't talk about, oh, hey, I went to court. This dude sued me over something. Or I just got charged with this random criminal charge. So you get to really see into everything. And I'm a big true crime buff. So being able to learn the behind the scenes of the criminal justice system has been really fun. Well, there was a lot that uh, came up within your your storytelling of the career journey, of the schooling journey. Stress being the thing that stood out the most. Because stress, I'm going to paint it this way. Stress is a gift. Stress is something that we will never be without. And if we are without we're selling ourselves short. And it's not like I go out in the world wishing people to have stress. Instead, I like to look at it as how can we handle the stress that comes up in our life? So we talked about fitness being something like how it started with you were in the pursuit of a body composition, point blank, nothing else. And then it evolved with time as you got more engaged into it. You saw how it could help with uh, just clearing your head, um, 
I'm imagining as the weights got heavier, you would see how it would help with uh, just like some sense of confidence, like just energy in a sense of like how you felt walking into a room, into a new environment, all these other situations. But what let's let's look at it from like the, the pandemic perspective. What was the most stressful thing that you encountered in the last two years? Not being able to do my normal day activities, being stuck at home, being unable to see friends or to have lived my best years, roaring 20s. And I felt really confined and stuck. And, you know, you pick up on the bad habits that you've tried to break when you feel stuck and stressed. And now that things are kind of changing, it's definitely been easier yeah i think that's going to be very relatable for people like i've been lucky to have a lot of random conversations with people throughout the last few months and just kind of seeing how isolation and not being able to stick to habits and all these different things have impacted them on very big levels and i look at it as an opportunity to see where we can learn from that like what we can learn So I'll kind of explain what I mean here, because essentially, even though we'll probably only have to experience one pandemic in our lifetime, that's my hope, um, even though that may be the case, we're probably going to have pieces of what we got from the pandemic, like um, senses of isolation, senses of not having control that come up again. And the more skills that we learn from this experience, the more valuable this experience will be. You you talked about how like missing out on the Roaring Twenties, and I definitely empathize because like I would have to say, um, I lived my best life in my early twenties. Now I am thirty, and I'm a little bit angry with the world because I missed out on the last of my twenties. But when I've been able to reframe the situation, I've been able to see that it's like. Uh, It's like a once in a lifetime um, business training, life coaching experience. We've basically gotten the opportunity to kick our own butt, whether it was in a um, fail, fail, succeed kind of way or in keep on the line as long as you can and just don't fall down sort of way. And those analogies might be a little bit fuzzy, but essentially... In this society, in this world today, resilient people have an advantage. And definitely people who struggle to be resilient but are open to learning new ways also have an advantage. So, an advantage that you have as a client is that you're coachable. So, you're always open to feedback, you're always open to learn new things. And one thing that we had to do was learn how to use the app because instead of doing like the in-person training we were starting to use the app we're working with like coaching calls we're working with like messaging um how has that experience been like for you so far and how is it similar to in-person training and how is it uh different i it has been really great through like you had said through being stuck at home people who were diligent and determined have the advantage. And I, unfortunately for myself, was not like that pre-pandemic. It really showed my own habits at their worst and how much I felt like I needed to challenge myself. 
And the app has been really great because I have you in my pocket and I have you at home where I can do my workouts and still have you to ask questions with. So even though it's not in person, it's very, very similar and you're still there to help and you can split up your sessions, which I really like that you, if you don't have the full time slot, you can do half of it and half of it later. The only thing that I say I would miss is the in-person interaction Mm -hmm. of being able to just communicate and have just like fun, I guess, because even though you have the perception of what the gym is going to be, it's not like that at all. The gym is a very safe space where you can enjoy yourself and it's not just intimidation like I expected going into it. Well, I mean, that that opens up the door to what people will be able to get in the years going forward. People are going to have a much greater uh, appreciation for any aspect of community. Like community is one of those things that's an essential need for people. Um, But sometimes we have to get innovative as to what community looks like. Sometimes it could be like for myself, honestly, sometimes I go on my long ass walks and I say hi to everybody that I see. Not every time. Sometimes I'm very grumpy and I do not say hi. But in the times that I do say hi, that would be like a mode of community. And that's part of the reason why I kind of like harp on people to get out there and go on walks. And some in some ways, a person could be very dialed in on their home workouts and maybe complement that with like some kind of like a theater sports club or a book club or just something where they're still getting that connection because that sort of um, people are kind of meant to have like a community around them, um, whether it be in the gym or whether it be in some other modality of their life that they're passionate about. And we talked about like value systems. You got to be able to find people that you can align with so that you can get that really solid communication. Because like, just imagine finding someone that uh, didn't agree with you on some random topic and just trying to to tell them like it was, like how your day went. Um, And then because they they weren't on the same page, they didn't hear you for what you said. They just kind of heard meh, 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 meh. (laughs) Yes, and I think that's why I have stuck with you. Not only are you a great trainer, but your values make you a better trainer and having followed you through different environments and different gyms, it's because I haven't wanted to find somebody else because I know that we get along and you are there to listen, even if it's random. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, like that is probably the best advertising that I have is like the ability to stay connected with people that work with me, not because I pressure sale them or like say, Hey, you're committed to this like three year contract or something. I think I've always, always sold it like session by session or like week by week kind of thing. Um, but like that long lasting connection is probably like the hill that I choose to die on. Like I'd rather, um, have strong community with all my clients, then try to get rich real fast and scale up my business. Like I do intend to be successful, but I'm quite happy taking like the slow road in getting there. Um, with regards to balancing the demands of school with having goals under the fitness umbrella, how have you been finding that? Cause there's going to be some people that listen to the show and they're like, yeah, but I don't have time. 
Yes. The I don't have time has been my quote unquote excuse for years. And you don't realize how much time you spend doing really stupid shit and how much time you spend wasting your time in your day that you could be bettering yourself or teaching yourself something. And having to be at home a lot more has taught me that. And even with school, you have to prioritize your windows of, I need to study for this. I have this due, and then I'm going to work out and then I have some free time and then I can do it again. And just being able to schedule it in really helps manage everything. And even knowing that I have stuff coming up, you need to block it out and just focus on what you have in that block of time. Mm. Well, I mean, that, that makes sense. It's not going to be easy for everybody, but like the one thing that fitness can teach people is like structure and boundaries. Like if anybody's ever, um, actually invested in in-person training, like that's a big investment. And so like you block out that hour and like nothing's going to mess with that hour because like you've made a big commitment. Um, and then like it's, it's unstoppable, but then all of a sudden you, might choose to do like a free YouTube workout, but it's easier to say no to that because it's like, well, if I don't do it, I didn't lose anything because it's a free YouTube workout. So there's a lot of nuance to sticking to a commitment. And sometimes it's just the fact that you have someone in your corner who can help you be efficient with your time. Cause like that's, that's one way that I often um, outline the value of working with a trainer. It's not necessarily because we're like watching the entire time and making sure you get your reps and counting your reps and making sure you don't hold your breath and stuff like that. It's more so that we are giving people time back in their life rather than like um, doing like a thousand reps of a body weight thing. We're, recommending that they go get a weight and getting their volume in another way. Cause like essentially the equation for volume would be like the reps times the sets times the load and then the final equation. And so the number is always going to be lower when it's simply body weight versus when it's like your body weight, but you're also holding a weight mm -hmm. and in having that as part of it. And like there, there's always going to be like, if you do an isometric workout where you're just, staying still doing a plank or a wall sit or whatever that will be part of the equation too but having a trainer to kind of deal with all of that mumble jumble and be able to sort through everything and find like the best solution for the environment is worth it because then all of a sudden you're committed like 45 minutes instead of like 45 minutes to google the thing half an hour to think about doing it uh 20 minutes to scroll instagram until you decide you're going to do it and then like, you know, like it just stacks on and all of us do it. All of us get caught up in it. Trainers all the time. We're always like missing out on time that we could be using towards something else. And I think in a lot of cases, people are in their own way. So we're going to do a little bit of a reflection here. Um, if you could list off the things that you think you do that like are nonsense or a waste of time, what would the top four things be? Um, I scroll way too often on social media. I spend a lot of time watching Netflix. I feel like all of this is very relatable stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I reading is not a waste of time, so I won't add that to my list. Um, 
I would honestly say I spend most of my time just on my phone, whether it's social media, just looking up random things on the internet, watching movies, watching YouTube. I feel very consumed a lot of the time by what I have in front of me instead of really thinking about how I'm spending my time. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't have a solid solution for like structuring less time on social media. So I'll tell you why I don't. And then I'll tell you what the solution would be if this was like a coaching session. So first the explanation as to why I don't just have some solution because like I always want to do what I say I'm going to do and like lead by example. So aside from personal training, I also do some social media contracting. So I'm not going to lie. I spend a lot of time on Instagram because I'm creating content for about 12 different Instagram accounts. But I have found in past years, as I create structure around the other activities in my life, it starts to shrink the window that I have for Instagram, even when it's Instagram that generates income for me. Like, uh, to put things in perspective, I can pay my mortgage with the income that I get from Instagram. So it's not just like $50 a month kind of thing. I'm not, that's not a brag. It is simply just to give people like an idea of like the volume of work and that it is still a priority in my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially, what I found to be much, much more helpful is to start planning things that uh, align with your goals. You talked about the book, reading books, and you're like, I read a lot of books, but books aren't bad. So what kind of books do you read? I read a lot of romance and a lot of comedy. I love horror thriller type books too. And I have noticed because I was spending so much time on social media that it was affecting the way I slept. And I love to sleep. I could sleep all day, every day, but knowing that I was waking up still really tired, I changed a few of my habits in the evening, just in the evening. And now I started reading more books and I sleep so much better. And I feel like I feel more productive because I'm doing something that stimulates my brain, but that isn't a waste of time. Mm -hmm. So this next counterpiece that I have in the category of books isn't going to be the most popular. Like it's not going to go over well with the whole audience. Cause they're going to be like, why are you picking on the books? And I'm going to explain why. So I think those book selections are awesome and I think they're necessary. And I think they probably help round out your life and give you a bit of like novelty and excitement. However, my counter suggestion is what if one of those books was something that you picked with a sense of purpose because it aligned with like a goal that you had. Um, and I'll give an example for myself, probably one of my biggest weaknesses is my ability to keep my place tidy. And so actually something that I did was I started getting books that could help me to keep my place tidy. I think I got that, uh, Marie Kondo, uh, the Art of Tidiness or something like that. I've gifted yeah. that to a client in the past because I thought it was such a good book. Um, and it's just kind of something that helps. It not only helps with like the environment of your home, like yeah. just having a nice place to live in. It also kind of helps you to make like conscious decisions that impact the unconscious part of your life. And this isn't a hippy dippy thing. Trust me. Basically, every bit of space in your house is valuable. So whether you live in like a tiny apartment or you live in a big mansion, um, the space that 
is taken up in your closet, uh, that's prime real estate because other things go in there, even if it's invisible, because like it could be storing something else or it could simply not be storing anything and then not be occupying your mind. Have you ever walked past a picture of like something that used to make you really happy and then something changed in your life and then it doesn't really make you happy anymore, but you kept it because there was some sentimental value to it? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the example for me, I actually had like this uh, container full of like stuffed animals from like old relationships. And I was like this sentimental because I don't want to like cause harm to a stuffed animal but like essentially what happened is I reached like a point in my life where I had to take those and donate them I was like some kid somewhere is going to get a lot of joy out of this Eberly teddy bear with an Oilers helmet that was tough to let go of but then I realized like it doesn't nothing else matters it doesn't matter um like you look at social media nothing on social media matters it doesn't matter. None of it is real. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter if you have a thousand followers or Nancy down the street has a hundred thousand followers. It doesn't matter if their social media generates an income for them because there's more than one way to pay your bills. And if, if you want social media to generate income for you, you're probably going to have it feel more like work than it is like social media. And so it'll be irrelevant. If it feels like something that overtakes your life is not work. Like the stuff that I do for the accounts that I create content for, I have no emotional investment in any of that. I get the job done, press post off. I go all done. And it kind of depends which, which area of that you're in. Some people might be handling the DMS stuff like that. I just like, I post and I run. But with all of that being said, it's important for people to always have something within every modality of their life that aligns with their overarching goals. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like a training session. So people can understand that it's more than just fitness. It's more than just lifting. Like there is some holistic value to it because you have somebody else to kind of like brainstorm obstacles in the life that might get in the way of training. Um, so the challenge being, hopefully anybody that relates to this walks away and is like, oh, you know, like, I guess the material that I'm going through is it like gives me positive feelings, but is any of it helping me get closer to my other goals that I don't tell people about, whether it be cleaning the house or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then the, the next piece here is I outlined how beneficial it was to plan things that, uh, are exciting or cool or like beneficial, whether it be maybe another uh, income stream that you're investing in. Like for you, the thing that always stands out is uh, you are a talented makeup artist. So you could be having a side hustle that is prospering and helping you like buy a new car or something. Mm -hmm. um, and so dedicating the time to developing that networking with people, like let's say two hours a week and you're just going to meet a couple new clients and each week, Imagine how that time would transform your career or life or future or goals in comparison to letting social media take up that two hours. Easy. Yeah. So it we, would be, yeah, it would turn everything around. We see kind of like, uh, I really like talking about the compound effect because these little things that we do, 
um, they add up over time. Like if they didn't, I wouldn't be in the training industry. Like, um, nothing really kind of went my way when I started off. Like I, there was spin studios that I applied to instruct at and they didn't even give me an audition. And I even met with the owner, but I digress. Um, it's, it's never been like easy. And that's why I almost wish people to have a bit of a struggle because it works out for them because they build up the sense of resilience. They build up these skills and all of a sudden they stand out in a room full of candidates. Um, so to kind of get us onto the next step of this uh, challenge, I guess, that I have for you uh, is when we've talked about everything that we've talked about with regards to time and structure and priorities and goals, what are three things that you're not scheduling in your calendar that if you did would absolutely have a compound effect to help you with your goals in life? Uh, cleaning. You mentioned Marie Kondo. I, as I look around, I could definitely change my cleaning habits. And I find that I clean whenever I look around and I'm like, oh, I could do that. But sometimes I don't. And scheduling time to clear your mind with it too. Like you said, the space you live in makes a really big difference. So I could schedule in some cleaning time. Um, what do I not schedule in? I'm... I don't know. I schedule the important things. So things that I know that have to get done, if I don't write it down, it's not getting done. So if I know that it's, it has to be a priority and maybe that's just changing what I view as a priority because I know that I write down priorities. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's cool that you answered that way because it gave me a lot to work with and it's because I'm old and I got old man energy over here. But essentially, sometimes we, what we see as a priority should have been a priority like two years ago. Yeah. And I say that because I've learned some tough lessons and because just life, life teaches you things. And that's why old people are wise. And I'll kind of explain what I mean. So throughout COVID, lots of people have lost people in their lives or lots of people like they start to realize like uh, they're not a spring chicken anymore. Like there's things that they could have done before that they didn't do because they made all these excuses. And now time has gone by and then they couldn't do it. Oftentimes I reflect on like if I had not like taken a leap and changed careers, I'd still be in the old career. Like those excuses were strong. And like, I'm a loyal person. I stay with companies for a long time. And a valuable lesson that I learned was sometimes you basically have to listen to what like your gut is telling you. Um, for me, it was just like, there are bigger things for me. And when I realized like, I have no guarantee that I'm going to reincarnate and come back and be able to do this. So I better do it in this life. Um, although I would like to reincarnate into a dog. I think that would be pretty good life <laughs> but interesting okay well i mean you, i imagine you come back as a pet or something that's why i chose dog but uh back to the task at hand the topic here i'm i'm often uh guilty of telling people to like change their job and i'm not trying to tell you to change your job but i want to reassess what priorities look like because the priorities that you listed was the priority when it compounded into something so much that like it was hard to ignore like mm -hmm. 
your car is missing a tire or um, like, and I'm not saying your car is missing a tire. I'm just using examples. Or yeah. let's say like uh, all of a sudden you're having trouble walking or all of a sudden uh, you're just in a mental low. And no matter how many check-ins I do to like say, hey, how are you doing? How are you motivated? Uh, you can't dig yourself out. And I can speak to that because pandemic, it had an impact on everybody. Like I know that I had times when I let because I didn't prioritize the right things, I would let it compound, compound, compound. And then it caught up to me. And then I had to deal with it in its biggest form. And because I had to deal with it in its biggest form, I realized how imperative the little things are. Some of those little things are like, we can talk about nutrition, but we don't have to like dissect that, but just prioritizing yourself in the sense that like, Hey, I'm going to make a really awesome salad today. Not because I have some like body image goal, but because a salad takes some time. A salad looks cool on Instagram. A salad is like, it makes my tummy feel good because it's a lot of vegetables and it's good for digestion. Um, there's so many things to a salad or whatever dish. And by taking that time for yourself, you tell yourself that you are a priority, which I think is essential for a lot of us. Um, when we rely too much on like the quickly available things, but we reflect and we're like, what would I do if this was like, uh, my Instagram crush? Would I just go to McDonald's and get my Instagram crush like a McDouble? Like, no, most people would not. They'd be like, no. I'm going to pull out all the stops and make this steak or make this salad or make this like salmon or whatever. People need to be able to do that for themselves. You talked about how you do like the, the romance novels. You need to romance yourself. And that's, that's something that takes time because all of a sudden you have this list of tasks that need to be prioritized in order to carry out the things that turn into that you all of a sudden you have to plan when you're going to go to the grocery store what are you going to get when you're going to prep these vegetables when which um place are you going to go to that has that cool thing that you want to get because that's what you would get for the other person but now you're going to do it for yourself and even for people who are in a partnership even if they're celebrating their 30 year wedding anniversary like this is a rule for them too um, because it's important. Like we're all, we can't pour from an empty cup. So we have to learn how to fill our own cup. Mm -hmm. Um, and as we reflect back, these are things that take time. And I was talking about how like the pandemic teaches us lessons and things. We have people in our lives who are aging. We have people in our lives who, um, just so many factors, maybe they're moving away. Maybe we have people in our neighborhood and then all of a sudden we don't. So I always look at it as like, you don't know what you have until it's gone. So take into account what you have and start structuring time with those people. Like I have a few friends in my life that I consciously plan at least quarterly like visits and not to sound all businessy, but I need that like parameter. So I know like, okay, we're at the third quarter of the year and I haven't met up with that friend yet. Time to make a plan. And then other friends, it might be like, I have a weekly text with them because we need to kind of like water the plants in order to have that community. We talked about how community is essential and community doesn't have to look the same for you as it looks for somebody else. Cause we got introverts, we got extroverts, we got all these different things, 
people with different hobbies, people with different values, people with different preferences as to how they like to gather, where they like to gather, um, all these things add up. So with all of that in mind, we start to see that there is much more to kind of plan for. Maybe it's like once a week you have a phone call with somebody or once a week I, I will promote walking until the cows come home. Because with walking, you can plan that with a friend. You can plan that with a group of friends. Then you get the, the benefits of being out in nature. You get to see new scenery. It prompts fresher conversations. If you gather around like alcohol and substances, the, the conversations aren't as inspiring. They don't set you up as much. And oftentimes you wake up the next day regretting things. So anytime, like I will never have alcohol while I'm recording a podcast because the connections that I make on the podcast are sacred to me. And I don't have alcohol when I am like meeting someone for the very first time because I know I'm not going to understand who they are and what they're about with a bit of a, like a jaded lens kind of thing, like not really understanding just like, um, and that is something that is my way of showing up that somebody else could totally make their own opposing point And that would be totally fine. But it's just kind of like my style because these interactions are so paramount and they can turn into things so big because we think about how like I just happened to end up instructing at True Ride and I've actually gotten a lot of clients from True Ride. So shout out to them. A lot of my training clients started out from there and it was because of the connections made in dialogue during a spin class in the time of day chosen. It kind of picked the very like intense people that were willing to wake up at 5 a.m. And from that moment forward, like a lot of those people are still connected to me on Instagram because uh, there was something in what I said or something in how I showed up that resonated. I've had like friends and family unfollow me on Instagram, but a bulk of like the OGs in, in the spin class, they're still going strong and I'm still checking on them whether they were a client or not because those connections matter. So the roundabout is now I've yapped at you for about five minutes straight about how we can reassess the things that are important to you that you're going to plan or the things that you may not have thought about, but you're thinking about now. Now, what are three things aside from cleaning? Because that was good, but I've got a, a side tangent for cleaning too that I might go into later. But what are three things aside from cleaning that you might prioritize going into your, your weeks ahead? Well, I definitely want to prioritize the walks. We've talked about walks before and I have not prioritized them. They've been in the back of my mind of like, oh, I should go for a walk. But putting it into practice and saying it are two different things. So I think that has to be a priority for me. And prioritizing, yeah, the self-love, the care that you would put into somebody else. Because even though I try to do that, it doesn't always happen. You don't always show up for yourself the way that you wanted to. And the way that you went about talking about community and really planning that in, I have a very tight knit group of people that are around me. My community is wonderful and very small. And I feel like 
planning that out a little bit more and putting my own effort into it more than I would normally Mm -hmm. because they deserve my effort. They deserve to feel like I am reaching out, not because I feel like I have to, but because I want to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I'll give you one quick like tool for how to like plan the walk. So every podcast that I schedule, I use Google Calendar and I include the other person's email address and then they get the bing and you got your walk in like 10 minutes. Like you could do that with Google Mm -hmm. Calendar or Apple Calendar or whatever it may be. And I'll give you sort of a strategy that I used with one of my remote clients. I am actually an online coach with A-Team Fitness out of the U.S. So shout out to Alex McBarity. So one of the clients that I work with, he's based out of uh, Detroit. Um, He was having trouble with uh, keeping track of how much protein he was having and making sure he was getting like the calories that he needed. And so I was like, hey, you know what helps when you got somebody uh, nearby who is on the same page as you, somebody who understands the context around all of your goals and understands how everything works and understands how it uh, helps you because everybody has people in their life that want to see them win. Like for, for myself, I want to see all my clients win. I talk to them about how they can help their business. I talk to them about their side hustles because I want to see them prosperous beyond just being strong and like being a good representation of what I do for work. I also want them to like get the bread, like be very successful. Um, So what this particular client did was he actually went over some of the nutrition resources that uh, we had given him initially. He went over them with his fiance. And so in doing that, it helped her to be totally on the same page. And then all of a sudden when she caught him slipping, or if she noticed that he wasn't doing something that she knew that he knew how to do, then she could call him out on it. Or she could be like, hey, we should be getting this. Or hey, you should do this. Or hey, since your goal is this, this is what we're going to make. Or hey, like since your goal is this, maybe we should go get that. And it wasn't like a restrictive thing. It was like a supportive thing. Um, the way that I'm going to frame it for you, because I, I know your situation quite well, Um, We've talked about like non-exercise activity thermogenesis. We've talked about the benefits of walking, Um, the Coles notes of walking and why I promote it so much. Same with my friend, Dean Guido, shout out to Dean, Um, is like as your body adapts to certain methods of cardio in something like running, we get more efficient and all of a sudden like the energy that it takes to run reduces as maybe we get leaner or our muscles get a bit more like our biomechanics get more efficient like somebody who's never run in their life runs with a different gait than someone who runs professionally and so as you get more practice and repetitions the energy used to run is different but with something with walking and like the way we walk I'm sure there are some very intricate differences, but as a whole, the energy that we use to walk like a speed walk remains basically the same. So it's one thing that you can have in your lifestyle that's still going to have the same impact of you reaching your goals, but also has that mental benefit. And you can have a conversation, you can take the dog with you, you can like take somebody who has a dog all these different layers to the equation. A person could be doing like their business meeting. You could align two goals together. We talked about 
How about you network for your makeup artistry? You could schedule appointments to go for walks with photographers. And then if it was a wash, like if it did not work out, you got your walk in and you made a new friend because they probably know other photographers. Mm-hmm. See, this is this is almost like a, a business mastermind, but don't ever call me a business coach. <laughs> but anyways, so the, the fact of the matter is that we talk about the benefits of walking, but within your uh, trio of friends, um, do they know the benefits of walking? Do they know what neat means? Do they know um, kind of just your goals or what you're working on? Do you break it down for them? No, I mean, we talk a little bit about what we're doing day to day, but I've never really broken it down for them and being like, this is what I'm working on. This is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kept it very personal. Of like, this is my own journey. This is what I'm going to do. Cool. Cool. So I'm going to put out an offer. So they are welcome to reach out to me for a free consultation. And it's not to be salesy. It's honestly going to just help them understand what kind of a path that you're on and the goals that you have and everything that you're working towards. But by them connecting with me and hearing it straight from the horse's mouth is going to save you having to explain it, regurgitate it. It's going to be very similar to like the video that uh, my other client had watched, except I'll just do it live. I'll just like give them the presentation just straight up. So I'm assuming they're going to listen to this episode and just reach out to them direct and just tell them to connect with me and be like, Hey, I want my free consult and I'll set them up with it nice. because that's going to help them to um, be more aligned with you and your goals. And it might help them too. Maybe there's some stuff that they never even thought about that uh, they could implement into their life. Yeah. I think that's uh, it's pretty imperative to have people enrolled in what you do. Like even like for someone entering into a career where the odds are against you, the more enrolled your community is, the more likely uh, they'll at least know what to say with regards to you reaching your goal. They're not going to understand the journey or the effort that it takes or the steps needed or the sacrifice necessarily, but they will understand um, the why for me, when I explain the why behind my training career, nobody second guesses when I really break it down, like, Oh no, like he will basically do it uh, no matter what, like the, the sky could fall and he'll still be a trainer. Because I've just, the passion comes through and like the, the storyline and the origin and all that stuff. And so I've enlisted people. So essentially that will be an exciting thing. I'm um, going to probably follow up with you to make sure they actually take me up on the consultation. Cause I think I it'll be a sure great opportunity. I will make sure they take you up on that offer. Excellent. Excellent. So to close things off, because we've gone over so much, this has been a very like conversational episode. Maybe it hasn't been the most focused, but hopefully not only you, but some of the audience have had some takeaways. Um, what is the challenge based on your experience, based on where you are at in your life, based on what is your expertise that you would give the audience that you think would make their life better? I would challenge people to do something new, something that you've always thought about doing, but have always been like, oh, well, maybe it's not for me, or you're a little bit scared of doing it because it might open up a new door for you. And that's definitely how I've 
tried to live my life now, especially through the experiences that I've had of like, no, like I'm going to do it. Why not? You only have this one life to live. You might as well just do it. Exactly. And I mean, like, that is something that is said often, but people don't understand it until they have no other choice. Like when we were stuck in the pandemic and we were like, shit, I could have done that before. Now I can't. Why didn't I do that before? And then we're hopefully getting out of the pandemic. And now we're like, okay, learned my lesson. Should have done it before. Now I have the opportunity. Don't anybody let me hesitate. <laughs> so, and that's exactly yeah. it. I've put a lot of my own things of now that we're out on the back burner. And I always told myself, oh, well, when this happens, I'll do this. But it now is the time. Mm-hmm. Pushing it off is only going to make you push it farther. And then with regards to what we've talked about with like basically treating yourself as like living your best life. That's often how I frame it. I go to Pharaoh for sandwiches because that's a place that I think would be awesome to be taken to. So I just take myself. I go to the movies all the time because I'm like, well, I love movies. I miss going to movies. I was like, why am I missing going to movies? Just go to that movie. Um, And by doing that, it embodies a different energy. People are always going to know if you're putting yourself first. And it's not like a selfish thing because compassionate people have a really hard time putting themselves first, but nobody's going to save them from the hole that they will fall into if they don't, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Does that sound clear? Yes, definitely. So with that being said, if a person is listening to this and they're like, I'm a compassionate person. I was really vibing with this episode. Well, you damn well better be putting yourself first (laughs) in the week ahead because there is uh there's no time like the present you have to schedule it there's not like there's a cap on your finances because the better position that you're in on a personal level the more likely that people are going to say yes to giving you a raise the more likely people are going to hire you the more likely they are to give you a deal on something that reduces the spending output um the more that your time is filled with things that are good for you the less time that you have to make like uh, impulsive decisions with spending. Sometimes just capping our spending makes our lifestyle way better. And by that, I mean just like when we are feeling down because we're scrolled on social media a whole bunch, we're often going and just like maybe we'll get uh, some wine or some beer and then what comes with that and then that stacks up. Versus if that was replaced with like, we planned out a walk with friends and we talked about how we we're going to take over the world. And then we went and we took a cool picture because sunsets and sunrises are awesome. And then we went bowling. Like the whole cap of that entire experience would probably be less than having not planned that and had the alternative because like life is expensive and it's going to cost money no matter which choice you make. So you might as well make the right choice. Definitely. That's such a good way to frame it too. And I mean, like I'm, I am always learning on the journey too. So that's the, that's the benefit of seeing a trainer grow through their career because they're never the same trainer, but they're, it doesn't mean like they're going to deteriorate as a trainer. They just evolve. Same as a client evolves. But to kind of like be mindful of the time that we've taken up of our audience, we're going to draw this episode to a close. But I'd like to thank you so much for being on the show. This has been exciting. It's uh, you're the first on the client series. And so people are going to actually get to learn a little bit about the type of people that I work with. 
Yes, it was really nice. I've never been on a podcast before, so this was a first for me too. And it was nice just to talk because I feel like people have a very specific perspective of what trainers do and how they act with their clients. And so I'm hoping that this really opens the conversation for people to have with themselves of, well, maybe I could just go see one just to talk to them and see what they have to offer. Absolutely. And then for anybody listening, uh, the offer for a complimentary consult, it goes out to you too. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, this Chris guy, he sounds pretty interesting. I'd like a consultation. If you haven't had one in the last month, because some of you might have one this week, Um, if you haven't had one in the last month, I'll make time for you. We can sit down, we can kind of go over your story, your goals, and maybe I can help you. Maybe I'll just, uh, give you some advice for the day, but thanks so much for listening. You can find more information about the podcast and myself at invigoratetraining.com or follow me on social media at Christian Little. And that is that.